Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Anti Culture, where we explore and reevaluate the meaning of cultural identity through the experiences of others. I'm your host, Josiah Sinanen, and today we'll be talking to Filipino Canadian Donna Vecino about her journey in career, identity, and more. Donna is the Creative Solutions Experiential Project Manager at Shell, but she also founded her own events business that has made a big mark on the city of Calgary and beyond with DV Productions. Her journey with cultural identity and shattering glass ceilings is one that I'm so excited to share with you. It's also our first dive into the Filipino existence here in Canada, one that spreads across multiple sectors and has diverse variations. I would say it's actually my culture, the culture that I grew up in, in in being Filipino and in my family that is just full of strong mothers and matriarchs. It's like the women were the leaders. And as I grew up and realized, oh, there's a bigger world than my family and than my culture and in my community, it's like that's not always the case. Like women are looked down on and women are talked down to. And so that was like a weird struggle that I had to figure out, like, okay, but this is how I see women as leaders because this is like the women in my life growing up that were leaders, but this isn't true for the rest of the world. Before we dive in with Donna, I wanted to mention that Anticulture is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. This episode of Anticulture is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation. Whether it's funding anti-racism programs, addiction recovery, or food hampers for the hungry, for 65 years, the Calgary Foundation has proudly supported the charitable community to address some of Calgary's biggest challenges. Now, during this period of unprecedented urgent needs, the Calgary Foundation renewed its commitment to building a healthy, vibrant, giving, caring, and resilient community. If you're a registered charity looking for a grant, a professional advisor creating a giving plan for your client, or a donor wanting to give back to the community, discover a wealth of resources at calgaryfoundation.org and learn more about their work through the Calgary Foundation's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Anticulture is also brought to you by ATB. If you're wondering about how to manage your finances, rebuild emergency savings, or continue to save for your child's education, ATB can help. ATB was built to answer Alberta's financial questions in tough times and built to help Albertans. For answers to your questions and to learn more, visit atb.com. We're talking to Donna Vecino, who is a longtime friend of mine. I don't know if we were friends the whole time, but I've known you for a long time. (laughs) So I wanted to dive in, I guess, at the top. This is kind of my first time, to be honest with you, it's my first time interviewing anyone from a Filipino background or a Filipino-Canadian. And I'm guessing that's how you culturally identify. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. I would say so. So I was born in Canada and I've actually only been to the Philippines twice in my life as an adult. So I guess you probably feel more Canadian than Filipino then. Yes, definitely. I would say I feel more Canadian than Filipino. And when I did go to the Philippines, like for the first time, I actually felt culture shock. Like I was in the Philippines and I was around people that looked like me and sounded like me. But well, I guess they didn't really sound like me, but (laughs) it was like, it was just, it was weird. It was like, I'm with people that I should be able to relate to more, but I wasn't. Yeah. And are your parents first generation immigrants? Yeah, so they immigrated to Canada before I was born because I was born in Canada and they were like the first in their family too. I'm always curious about that experience because on my side of the family, my dad even is a second generation. So I was always interested in in families like that because 
mm-hmm. obviously you've really latched on to the Canadian culture. It's where you grew up. It's what's influenced your your life path. But like seeing your parents having that new experience growing up and being in a country that's not their first, did you feel like that impacted any of your development as well? Even growing up, I never really thought of them as first generation immigrants. I think that I, I like I was born in Toronto and lived in Toronto for my first seven years. And I just like didn't know any better. And it just seemed like my parents were very normal and very similar to my friend's parents. We were living pretty inner city in Toronto and it was very multicultural. Like I remember going to kindergarten with like people that were Indian and like other Asians and it wasn't this only white or only Western culture. So I probably wasn't until like I was older, like a teenager that I realized like, oh yeah, that's kind of a thing for my parents to have to go through moving to Canada, like moving their whole lives as adults and starting a family in a different country. But I think like Canada as a country just makes it really easy for for immigrants to not like assimilate into a new culture, but like be able to merge cultures. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I don't think this was what you said verbatim, but it sounds like you had this experience of you didn't feel like you were an other. You felt like very normal. Your family felt very normal. Is that the case growing up in Toronto? Yeah, I would say so. I think that I felt that way for like most of my life. And there were probably moments in junior high where I I did feel other, like a normal junior high (laughs) preteen experience. But yeah. And have your parents ever shared with you kind of their hardship in moving to a new country? Or did they kind of protect you from knowing that? They protected me pretty well in knowing that. And they kind of just like let me experience life in Canada, not with no challenges, but like just as it came and as it happened. And, you know, like they were still very much Filipino at home and they actually would like speak to me in Tagalog, like the the native tongue of of the Philippines at home. And so I understand that language, but it was weird because then when my brothers came along and my brothers were, were born four years after me. Like they didn't talk to my brothers in Tagalog, so my brothers oh, don't understand it, but but I do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what wow. to do. Like, I guess maybe that's like a maybe a cultural shift or, or moment for them when they realize, oh, maybe we should just be speaking English at home. But I do feel yeah. kind of bad that like my brothers missed out on that cultural experience of like understanding this language from being a baby. Yeah, no kidding. That's so interesting because I feel like the language is such a big part of the identity and even the pride Mm -hmm. of Filipinos that I know. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this with other second generation Asians who whose parents are first generation Canadians that like only the oldest sibling knows the other language other than English. Oh, interesting. Do you feel like you're going to tell your kids Tagalog or do you want them to know it? (laughs) The thing is, I understand, but I don't speak it well. Okay. (laughs) So even if I try, (laughs) they wouldn't. It would just be awkward. Yeah. 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 I mean, I wish, like, I wish they could learn another language and and be bilingual, but. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not going to happen. Yeah. It probably won't be Tagalog. And I won't be teaching them. Do your parents still talk to you in Tagalog and not your brother's? I like respond in English. So that's why I don't speak it fluently, but I understand it pretty fluently because they never made me like respond in, in Tagalog. But I feel like other Asian kids, their, their parents were forcing them to to like respond in their native language, but not mine. <laughs> yeah. I find that that's something that I've noticed and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but with the Filipinos that I know, there is like this kind of like 
free reign on a lot of the kids. Like the parents want them to like fully integrate into the society mm-hmm. that they've immigrated to and they're excited mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's less emphasis on maintaining your heritage yeah. in such a strict way. I, I definitely think so. Why do you think that is? What do you think is different about the Filipino culture that allows that? Well, I think that like Filipinos just put Western culture on a pedestal and it's, and maybe this is like true for other Asian cultures too. But what I found is like, you know, going to the Philippines, if you say like, oh, I'm from Canada, it's like a big deal. Like, oh, kind of like you're higher in society, you know, it's like right. you looked up to. So I think they're just like really proud of the fact that they were able to immigrate and that they've brought their family over and, you know, just like that promise or that hope for a better life for their family and for their kids is like something that my parents and probably like other first generation parents really try to embrace wholeheartedly. Maybe we'll get back more to this cultural discussion in a bit, but before we get too deep into it too, maybe you can share a little bit about how people would best know you? What some of the stuff that you've been working on? Yeah. What are you up to in Canada right now? What am I up to? Yeah. Tell uh, us. I, was, I was on another <laughs> podcast, so you might know me from that. <laughs> I'm a micro influencer on Instagram, so you can follow me at Donna Vicino. I've been involved in a lot of events. That's kind of my life is events. So I've been pretty involved in like the event scene in Calgary for a long time. And guess like maybe more specifically in like nonprofits and in business or like startup events. So it kind of like being in touch with that whole scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and currently I'm I work full time for a shell. Yeah, I feel like that's been your pulse for a long time. And I feel like you're one of those people that just loves Calgary, which I think is so fun. Yeah, yeah I feel like I really like settled into it, especially probably like since university of just like embraced it and love it. And yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. And there's always, there's no, no place is perfect, but it's a pretty cool place and the people really make it. Yeah, totally. Do you think that's what it is about Calgary that is so special? Is it, is it the people that are here? Calgary is just like such an entrepreneurial city and people probably say that about like all their cities, but, and maybe it's just because I'm, I've been pretty ingrained in like the startup scene in Calgary, but mm-hmm. I think that Calgary is just like a young and vibrant city. And there's like the history of being in a specific, like energy, being so into the energy industry and kind mm-hmm. of having that legacy. But I think Calgary, especially in like, I feel like in the last five years has really tried to not shift that, but kind of like think of how our legacy in the energy industry, what that looks like in the future and mm-hmm. how as a city we can be that for the future and for like future generations with like new and innovative ideas. Yeah. And I feel like there's such an opportunity in Calgary too, to be a part of it. It's not like you have to reach a certain status in order to actually start getting involved. I think you can make your mark really easily in the city. Yeah. And I think that like Calgary is just a very open city, like, like every, everyone's just so nice and like willing to help you and talk to you. And yeah, it's like easy to network, I think. Yeah. And I think for people that aren't from Calgary, I'd be curious to hear from your perspective, being somewhat raised and born in Toronto, but also being Filipino-Canadian, how does that part of your cultural identity fit into the culture of Calgary? How have you found that experience? I think it's been like a pretty seamless and easy experience. I think that there are other Canadian cities that have a more like prominent Canadian-Filipino population and community. And maybe it's also because I 
my parents work at like a Filipino church in Calgary, but I feel like the Filipino community in Calgary is just very open and very welcoming and doing some pretty cool things too. Yeah, I feel like there's a really strong, like tight knit group in Calgary that's formed, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. It's like all the Filipinos in Calgary know each other or are related to each other. I know for like other minority groups in bigger cities, there's kind of this, and it's often looked upon negatively, but there's this movement of like the kids don't want to be involved with like their, that like cultural root tie. Like they don't want to be involved with the community association or like the church or, you know, they're just trying to separate themselves and create their own identity. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you went through that at all being in Calgary? Yeah. I, I don't know if it was like specifically being in Calgary or just like the stage in life that I was at, but yeah, definitely feeling like, okay, I need to make my own mark or, you know, like kind of figure out, see if I can make it on my own kind of thing, which is fine. But I think that maybe especially for Filipinos and especially for my family, I'm just really thankful that I will always have that support system in like the Filipino community that I've grown up in. I guess when you were trying to venture out in that phase of life, Mm -hmm. did you feel like your Filipino Canadian identity was still a driving force or were you trying to kind of start from scratch and build up something that wasn't defined by that? Yeah, I I would say like the latter, like not seeing what life looks like outside, but I would say that it wasn't a driving force. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I was trying to not be Filipino Canadian. I was just trying to see what would happen if I was a little bit more distanced from my family or from like my Filipino community and how I would feel and, and, you know, how confident I would feel or, or whatever. Yeah. And do you think that was helpful in your career journey? Ultimately? Yeah, I think ultimately it was. I was like at a place where I had to like trust myself and like trust other people. And that's pretty challenging as a young person, having that confidence and and even like having that trust in yourself and in other people to see if like, just to see what would happen and to try new things without, without like the past that's kind of like a security blanket. But Mm -hmm. I think looking back at that time now, like I said, I, I think that I'm appreciative of that time where I did kind of distance myself a little bit, but now I can still go back to that community or, or to like those right. roots and that support system and they're still there for me. And I think that's like a really big thing that I'm thankful for. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's a really cool kind of full circle story as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is about the Filipino culture that makes it distinctive in Canada that people might not know about? I would say, I don't know, the first thing that came to my mind would be like our food. Nice. <laughs> and like yeah. how loud we are or how many there are of us and just like how much we love to like be together and gather together, which has been really hard this year. I think that those are probably like some of the hallmarks that I would say is of our like Filipino culture in Canada. And, you know, like I have a pretty big Filipino family and we used to like before COVID have these monthly like family dinners and all my friends would be so jealous. And just <laughs> that, like I was just so close to my family. That was just like part of our culture growing up was like family yeah. was an important thing. And you always make time for family. And yeah, and that like still is the case. It just looks different this year, obviously. Yeah, definitely. And besides that impact of 2020, how else has what's happened this year changed your plans or your outlook on life? Honestly, I'd say like this year, we've been really blessed. And I know it's like been a hard year for a lot of people, but this year has had its challenges for me as well. But 
I've also just been able to reach new levels that I'm surprised I've been able to reach this year with Mm. everything that's going on in my career and in the life that I'm building and what I what I want in life. It's all coming together pretty well this year, which I'm like super thankful for because that's not always the case for a lot of people this year. So I would say that 2020 has not been the year that I expected it to be. And I think that I had a lot of plans to travel and, and do a lot more things in this year. But I've also just learned this year to like let go of those expectations and just be a little bit more flexible and go with the flow and just be thankful with, with what I do have and where I am at. I don't think I'm an optimist, but I have had to be more intentional about being thankful this year. And I'm just trying to like put my life in that light instead of like what I'm missing out on or what I'm losing or the time or the momentum that I'm that I'm losing that I could have in my life. Something that you said earlier really stuck with me and that was just kind of talking about that moment where you felt like you did kind of want to blaze your own trail and mm-hmm. figure out your own path. That really intrigued me. Just that idea of, I think regardless of what culture you come from, you obviously have those feelings. But I think I'm curious to know, like obviously right now, you're in a place in life where you're you're proud to be Filipino and that's part of your heritage and just who you are. And it's really cool that a lot of people from that culture just have just fully embraced that without feeling too much pushback. So I'm curious personally, during that phase or maybe when you were younger, was there any, did you feel any kind of racism or almost like you didn't belong because of your background? Did that come up at all for you? And did you feel like you had to challenge people's perceptions of who you are because of your race? You know, I think I'm like really lucky and blessed to say this, but I don't think that I can think of a moment where I did feel that, that I was made to feel like an outsider because of my race or my ethnicity. That's just like not something that I've, that I've had to go through, like thankfully. And I know that like, that's not always the case for other people. And maybe it's just like my social circles or or my work circles or my communities, but every, every it's always just been show up as you are and you're accepted as you are. And I think that that's just like, thankfully have been the people that I have let into my life and, yeah. and like have that place where they can have an opinion about my life and about me in. And I mean, there were probably cases when I was younger and didn't feel this way and, 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 you know, would let other people's opinions about myself and my race maybe have too much of a place in my head or in my life. But yeah, sorry, I can't really think of, an, of a moment yeah, no. like that. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And it's like refreshing to hear that you've had that experience. I think that that's, that speaks a lot to the communities that you have been in and the kind of what Canada should stand for in, in a lot of ways. So that's really yeah. cool to hear. And like, if anything, I probably feel like I'm not Filipino enough in that like, right. I'm, I'm like more Canadian in that I wish I was, no, I don't say, I want, don't I want to say like, I wish I was more Filipino, but I wish that like, I knew more about my Filipino culture and that came more easy and more natural to me. But now as an adult, that's like something that I love and I embrace. And that's like something that I have to be more intentional about. Yeah, for sure. I think that a lot of people feel similarly to you. One thing though about you that I do think that you faced maybe some some challenges in is not so much about the cultural pushback, but also even just the gender pushback because you started your own business. You've always been like in a leadership position in a lot of ways. And yeah, I feel like for a lot of people that know you, you're this image of 
shattering that glass ceiling. And do you feel like that's been a part of your story is that fighting past, I guess, being a woman in a world where there's a lot of powerful men? Yes. Being a woman in this world is very interesting. And I think as I get older and now that I'm in the corporate world, it's becoming like more and more apparent that I am a woman. Yeah. And that like the world was not made for women. Like women have to make their own space in the world. And that sucks. That's not how it should be. And I think that my previous experiences in life, you know, like I came from a pretty sheltered background and I went to a pretty small university and I worked in like a small company and nonprofits and just kind of like spaces that were more friendly to women, but that still had men at the top and leadership right. and like, like men in leadership. And so I think it's like hard for women to, to find role models in spaces that they're in. So what do you think drove you to be so aspiring to to the <laughs> positions of leadership? Do you think that was partly it, that you didn't see anyone that you could look up to in that way? Honestly, no. I would say it's actually my culture. Like It's the culture that I grew up in, in, in being Filipino and in, in my family that is like just full of strong mothers and matriarchs. It's like the women were the leaders. And then kind of like, as I grew up and realized, oh, there's a bigger world than my family and than my culture and in my community. It's like, that's not always the case. Like women are looked down on and women are talked down to. And so that was like a weird struggle that I had to figure out like, okay, but this is how I see women as leaders, because this is like the women in my life growing up that were leaders, but this isn't true for the rest of the world. Right. Wow. Yeah. It, it makes it sound like there's a lot that Canadian culture benefits from the Filipino culture in terms of healthy family relationships and like empowering women. I think that that's really cool. And that's cool that that's left a mark on you. Even it's ironic that you wanted to like start from scratch and break apart for that brief moment of your life, but that actually your empowerment and actually that what you're doing in life now is largely based on your cultural influence. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I never like thought of it in that way, but, but yeah, I've like, I guess like actually this year, there's been times this year where I have thought about the women in my life and like what they mean to me and how they've contributed to where I am now and how I see the world. And, and it really is because of the mothers that I've looked up to and the leaders that I've seen. Well, thank you so much, Donna. For those who didn't know, Donna was supposed to come to the studio and she drove all the way here, parked, and then got a text from a family member saying that they had COVID symptoms and were getting tested. So she turned around and we did it online. Yes. <laughs> so that's great words of advice, Donna. Be safe and also be inspired by your culture. Yes. <laughs> I think is is something we can take away from this too. Like, obviously you're influenced by your background, but you also forged your own path. And that is, that's also part of your cultural identity. It's, it's the Donna culture. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it is. Very interesting. Now that you say that, a lot of the people that I have grown up in that with in like that Filipino culture have like grown up differently because they don't think they did challenge or did they like try to branch out and do something different. Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, I hope that this inspires some people and thank you mm -hmm. so much for sharing some of your journey. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening and thanks for having this chat. What an amazing episode with Donna. I'm so happy you got to tune in and join us today. You can keep up with Donna yourself at Donna Vecino on Instagram, as she mentioned. And if you haven't yet, check out Anti Culture's YouTube channel at josiahpodcast.com 
and join the conversation at Josiah Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. You can also become a supporter of the show for only $5 a month on patreon.com slash Josiah Podcast for some great extras and merch as well. Culture was produced and recorded with the help of We Edit Podcasts. Check out their studios at Calgary and Saskatoon on weeditpodcasts.com. And I'll catch you next week for another great episode.